not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of your favourite pop culture, movies and TV shows. My name is Sam, and as always, with me today is my fresh co-host, Chris. <laughs> Fresca? A- Fres- yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. I was like, what? <laughs> well, we- yeah, I'm Chris. I mean, this We're is- talking about yeah. the boys. I mean, the third episode that we've done on the boys, I was kind of running out of a couple of non-spoilery kind of intros for you, so I was trying to keep yeah. it keep it PG and keep it keep it. Uh, yeah, we don't want to swear in like the first ten minutes of the podcast, do we? No, so no. Uh, the only other thing I was thinking of is maybe like my head popping co-host. <laughs> my head pop. Well, I was going to do my absolute headache of a co-host, but. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. But that sounds a little bit offensive. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Oh, come on now. Oh, oh. Yeah, if you took it out, if you took it the wrong way, it might have been an awkward way of starting the podcast. You fucking what? Having a full-on domestic between us. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, as when was Chris the last said, time we had a domestic? Jeez. Oh, I don't think we've ever had a domestic. No. Uh, no. We've had little spats like most friends have when you've been friends as long as we have. Jesus. Yeah. We were I, kids. I know. High school. What a time. Um, should we just start diving into... Oh, no. We'll do the classic segment. The classic segment that we've been doing like the last two episodes, which I like. Sam, what have you been watching? It's the new segment. What have I been watching? What have you been watching? Or what have you been watching? Yeah. What have I been watching? <laughs> Have you been watching what I what Catchy. I have been watching? <laughs> if not, let's talk about the differences. Okay, so what have you been watching? Oh, you already asked me. Should I go first? <laughs> yeah, I asked you. You go okay. first, Richard. So, yeah, I've continued on my quest of finishing The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know where Speed I'm up run. to now. Oh, no, let's just head over to our favourite streaming service, Amazon Prime. Hashtag me, not a sponsor. You sent me the Terminus pig trough. Yeah, I'm on season five, episode four. So a lot, a lot of. Sh- We're not ten minutes into the podcast yet. <laughs> Stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff has gone down so far in The Walking Dead. Uh, where I can't I'm believe that to. was only season five. I know. That was like halfway through where they are now. They're at season ten, aren't they? Yeah. Jeez. So yeah, uh, yeah. There's quite a bit going on. It's quite a bit happening. Uh, other than that, I, d- I don't really need to recap The Walking Dead anymore, do I? Just where I'm up no. to with it. Um, no, but woof. Yeah. There's moments you've just had to go through. Yeah, there's some in some proper heavy moments. I've had the, Ugh. just look at the flowers, Lizzie. And then I've oh, had... Oh, God! Yeah, I've had the, the cannibals. That, that's been fun. Uh, and then that has just wrapped up now. And now I'm at the bit where... Uh, not Lizzie. What's uh, Maggie's, Maggie's sister called? Beth? Yeah, Beth. She, yeah, Beth. She's at a hospital. Oh yeah, no. That bit oh, happens. Oh god. Um so yeah, that's where Emily I'm Kinney to. that is, isn't it? It is Emily Kinney, correct. Um, Just put that name out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, that's where I'm up to. So yeah, all fun. Did you know she was a musician? Uh I did not know she was a musician. What kind of yeah, musician? So the song that she sings in the episode is actually her singing. And like that's what she does most of the time instead of acting. Oh right. She's a musician. I was going to say, you don't really see her in very much. She was in um, uh, Emily Kinney. What's the one I'm thinking of? Um, nope. I'm thinking of what Gareth was in. Gareth being the guy from Terminus. 
he was oh, in. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was in. How'd you get Gareth and Beth mixed up? <laughs> he was in Once Upon a Time, is what I was thinking of. Oh, have you started watching Once Upon a Time? Is that no, I've, I, but I, I looked at him and I thought he'd been in something else because he reminded me of... He has a bit of a look of that guy from Heroes, the um, the main uh, guy. Nathan Petrelli. Um, it's not Virgo. Um, oh, fuck. How did you What's just pull name? that name out of nowhere? Um, what, Pete, Peter Petrelli? Because I love Heroes. Yeah. I've, got, I've got the first two seasons on a shelf right next to me. I just yeah, brought them back yeah. for my folks. He, yeah, he, he plays um, uh, whoever he plays in Heroes. but He plays Nathan Petrelli. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what his name is. Milo... Vet Mill Galina. That's the one. Um, Very Italian sounding name. Milo mm -hmm. is his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so that's who he reminded me of. Anyway, and also, other than that, I uh, watched the new David Attenborough documentary. Oh, I haven't got to it yet. If you really want to hate the world, you should go watch that documentary. All I just keep seeing is people saying how much they were crying at it, and I was like, oh no, David oh. Attenborough gets me going anyway. <laughs> it's it's pretty emotional. It's pretty, we need to yeah. protect him at all costs. It is such a heavy doc. Like, it's really good because it is purely... There's a lot of him uh, talking so to the camera. It's a heavy doc. It's a lot of him talking to the camera, and mm-hmm. it's, like, quite quite personal. And... Yeah, um, without without you know you have to go watch it. Really, it's not a spoiler. I don't. I just don't want to talk about the themes that he talks about because when it happens in there, and when the statistics and stuff happen, and when when mm. you start to reach the end, and some of the things you see really hit you, really hit you. And it's like I'll try and watch that over the weekend. Like I know my girlfriend watched it, and she was like, "I'm genuinely contemplating whether I could go vegan or not vegan, or vegetarian or not." I was like, whoa, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Whew. Watch it. Let us know what you think. And, uh, would you go vegetarian? <laughs> uh, what have you been watching, Chris? Um, and so, would you go vegetarian? See, I would love, I, I like, I know, like, especially the beef industry, like I know the meat industry isn't good for the planet and stuff like that, but at the same time, I like meat too much and, I am an omnivore, you know what I mean? And I like a bio- balanced diet and everything. I don't know. I I would like the thought of it, but the practicality of me doing that. <laughs> and, like, a lot of other places of getting proteins and stuff like that, I'm not a big fan of. Like, like you always say of vegetarians and vegans eating, like, the body weight in nuts to try and get protein back. Mm. I am allergic to, some like, quite a few nuts, and I don't like nuts in general. So, mm. <laughs> I don't know. The practicality for me just isn't there. I have... I, like a lot of intolerances to food i'm finding out so oh, that's not good so sticking to what i'm used to is probably a good thing <laughs> um, but like i know it's not good for the environment but i do love a steak <laughs> as long as it's in i'm moderation. trying not to seem like a massive dickhead like yeah i don't eat like red meat out the wazoo it's normally chicken and stuff no no it's like a lot of people um, in the states go and uh, hunt in like more uh, where the population's kind of more controlled, so that it doesn't. It's not yeah. over hunting. It's a bit like fishing. You don't. They have places where they're uh, regulated, so that you don't overfish. Yeah, definitely. Well, the Britain had a big problem with that. Uh, I know probably uh, about 
10 years ago was like when it like hit the mainstream media of just like overfishing and like the fishing industry was dying because it was just like a few big companies just overfishing our waters to high heaven and everything like that. I'll tell you what, the world's um, got a bit of a fucking overfishing problem, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, anyway, away from that before I feel like a bad person because I like to eat meat. <laughs> what have you been watching I feel this guilty week? about it. Um, so we started off last week with watching The Witch, The Vivavitch. Because it's spooky season, we've got to start getting horror movies in now, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that film is tense and creepy. And like, I have a thing with exorcisms where they just make me squirm so much. Like, I'd rather watch a slasher film with like eighty people being murdered. Like, as soon as it's an exorcism or somebody doing something out of their own control to themselves, I'm like, nah, bro. I'm checking out, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just like the kid actors in it, amazing. It's got um, Anya Taylor Joy in. She's a fantastic actress. Um, she's just been in the New Mutants and stuff like that. She she is a great actress. Um, but this was like one of her first breakout roles. I think she just carries the film by herself. But um, her younger brother in it, like, for for a child actor, his like last scene is just phenomenal like like full-on like possession type scene he's freaking the fuck out oh man it's Mm. quality but just it's just so moody it's always like like you feel like you're constantly being watched by this like otherworldly presence and stuff like that and it's just so dark and it can literally just be a static shot of the woods with nothing happening and the score is just making your bones chill it's Mm. fantastic it's great film for me uh, no, it definitely is because it, like it's not like it's not like a massive scare fest, but it's like it's proper like it gets you going, gets you tingling. Um, what else have I watched? Uh, we've nearly finished Modern Family. Okay, cool. Still watching that. Um, I started my rewatch of the Cornetto trilogy, so I just watched Shaun of the Dead because mm-hmm. I love it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um. What else have I checked out this week? Um, I'm blanking right now. I started to rewatch The Mandalorian, ready for season two. Oh yeah, that's just um, around the corner. Um, I think that's it, really. I think The Witch was like the big one that I wanted to talk about. Um, and just like what horror films I'm going to watch in like the next couple of weeks. I think I'm going to finally check out The Void. I've got that on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um. I might go back and watch the original Evil Dead trilogy, because I like those films. Okay, cool. Um, or at least the first two. I've watched Army of Darkness too many times. It's, it feels so disconnected to the other two films. Like, you've got Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And, like, you know what you're getting in for. It's a Cabin in the Woods type story. And then Army of Darkness is a time-traveling shoot-a-load-of-skeletons with a gun in the middle of ages <laughs> comedy. Like, it's just it's just a totally different film. Do you reckon um, when The Mandalorian Season 2 comes out, we'll become a Mandalorian podcast for like a few weeks because there'll be an no episode problem. out every Friday and we're clearly yeah. going to talk about it every Friday, every yeah, Monday probably. even then. Yeah, probably. Like if a- you haven't noticed already that we love Star Wars, so we're slowly trying to transition into a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I think literally <laughs> Star Wars podcasts do pretty well. There's a niche. They do. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's because it's just a niche. Like we struggle a little bit because we try and cover like a diverse range of films and stuff. But mm-hmm. woof. yeah, we'll be talking a lot about The Mandalorian. Um, 
yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you want to, if you really want us to like do horror movies and stuff like that, leave us some suggestions, or maybe I could just talk about them and scare Sam with me telling. Chris will find them. another co-host. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should get one of the earful podcast guys back in for a Halloween episode. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Those guys are doing yeah. quite a lot of Halloween stuff at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Covering a lot. I, of I've seen films. the films that they're recommending to watch this month, and oh, some of them are my favorite horror films. Oh, I'm about to get a Shudder trial for a week and see what that's like. Maybe watch some of their original content as well. Oh, okay. No, Ayakash is actually in a Shudder film that's coming out soon. I just saw it, um, and the advert has obviously gone off YouTube now. Like I left it open to keep the name of it, but. Aya Cash um, Stormfront is in it. Also, mm-hmm. she was in an episode of Modern Family that I watched the other day. I was like, oh, oh. she's Nazi. Nazi's <laughs> in uh, Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. She's, uh, a, she's a very normal person. In shall that. we move on to the big topics this week, a.k.a. No Time to Die has been delayed and all the cinemas in the UK are starting to close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yay! just Cineworld. Just Cineworld closing. Yeah, me? we just got a brand new Cineworld near us and it's amazing and it's huge and then... Cineworld goes under because, yeah. and it happened the day after No Time to Die was pushed back again to next year. Yeah, it's they like, released a new yeah. trailer and then they were like, "Oh wait, no, we're going to push it back to next year." I feel like they were really holding out for uh, No Time to Die to kind of revive their new release schedule after Tenet. But yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, not a good time. It's just, oh, it's such a shit show, like. You you would think they'll be able to hold out, but because they have to keep paying wages and stuff like that with furlough and everything, and like no new films coming out to bring a load of people. Like, like how often, other than like people like you and me and some of our mates, how many people go back to the cinema to watch an old film? Yeah, no, not like, a lot. It the just idea, doesn't happen. The idea always appeals to me. Like, and when Empire Strikes Back was coming out in the UK, I was like, oh yeah, we should really go watch Empire Strikes Back in the cinema. But in reality, did I go? No. <laughs> No, it it's the the world's in a weird state at the moment where it's trying to find time for it. A obviously, like you would think you would have more time on your hands, but it just means you're doing other things like working a lot more and um other things like any opportunity that you actually can to socially safely see people after being locked up for so long. You got to prioritize that and stuff. And like the price to go to the cinema to maybe see an old film that you've seen a million times, it's like, is it worth it? Like, the one thing that I have been interested in is uh, Akira, um, the Mm, anime film from the early 80s, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was actually earlier than that. Has been re-released, 1988 it was. Um, That's been re-released in 4K. They fully, like, remastered it into 4K, and that looked... Like, that's something you would go see. Like, Mm -hmm. a full, like, remaster or re-edit or something like that you would go back and see, but maybe just, like, the same film again. Especially, like, Empire. We're massive Star Wars fans, but we've seen, uh, like, the old Star Wars films on the big screen, a lot of them, in different scenarios and stuff like that. So then... We've seen like four different versions of it. It's not going to be a new version. It's not going to be a remaster or anything. It doesn't need to remaster. It's been remastered enough. Like, what's driving you to see it unless you haven't seen Empire on the big screen? Mm. And you'd have to be a diehard Star Wars fan. Like, so it's just like a sorry state for cinemas where they're just pissing out money and they can't get anything back. And they have to pay so much to get these new films in. 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's sad, isn't it? It's really sad. Yeah, like I walked past the Cineworld yesterday, and it was just you know just seeing it close and the doors shut and stuff, and just the notice on the window. It's just like really sad. It's really sad as well because it's such they started to expand so much, and it was getting me excited for cinema again. Like, I, Cineworld were really affordable. They were, like, always had the best movies on, really comfy seats and everything like that. And, like, they were leading the new uh, the way with, like, bringing in new technology into screenings and stuff like that. And then it shuts down. The thing is, is you've got all these films now that were waiting to come out. But if the cinemas have closed now and people resort to streaming more, a lot of people were saying that the closure of Cineworld in the UK was going to be a big sign that streaming's going to be more predominant here. So that is there going to be a movie going audience when they open up, open back up, especially with restrictions and stuff in place as well? Or is it going to be when the releases come back round again? Because you've got like DC alone, you've got a lot of stuff coming out at the beginning of next year slash Christmas. Mm-hmm. So will you yeah. see them open for that or is it just going to keep following this trend of stuff being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back? I mean, No Time to Die is a crazy one because that was the first film that got delayed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like the first big headline, wasn't it? So um, it's like considering when we're going to get that. But the thing is, is that new films are still being shot. It's like, so you're all of a sudden you're going to have this abundance of stuff where you've got films waiting that have been finished that are just waiting to come out because of the schedule like i mean for example like on the news list that we've got this week i mean we've got batman has been pushed back to 2022 which that is going to be finished by you know middle of 2021 or end of 2021 at least you know and then you've got doctor strange 2 begins filming in a few weeks as well it's like you're going to have just the, all these films just like sitting in the pipeline because productions are still going ahead, but releases aren't. Yeah, it it's like if they were normal films, then you could just like pile them into the cinema, you know what I mean? Like, And they wouldn't really have much competition for each other, but a lot of these big blockbusters like this, like you don't want to release a Disney film the same week as like another animated film. Disney don't want to put a film really in the cinemas the same time as a marvel film because they'll be cutting into their own take-ins you don't want a marvel and a dc film competing at the box office no like stuff like that like so like they're sort of isolating themselves as to what windows they can release in and then obviously because there's so many of them it will be tricky and it'll just mean like you said they're being pushed back and pushed back they're gonna have to go back to marvel we're trying to step away from doing three four big blockbusters a year and go down to like one or two but for like the next couple of years, they're just gonna have to keep doing that. Like they wanted to slow the pace down after Endgame, mm. to like let everybody refresh so that they don't get burnout. But the burnout's just gonna hit as soon as these films start coming out. Well, because you're gonna have Marvel releasing stuff, you're gonna have the Disney schedules, generally the live action stuff and Star Wars stuff coming out. Like not film wise, but just on streaming with like the Mandalorian and stuff. It's just. You're just at a weird time, aren't you? I mean, yeah. you know, the, Disney, the the actual DC slate now, when you look at the DC slate, you've got Wonder Woman uh, coming out Christmas Day. You've then, the next film you've got from the DC slate is scheduled for August 2021, and that's The Suicide Squad. So then you've yeah. got the next, you've only got one DC film scheduled for 2021. And then you've got, 
March 2022, Batman, November, you've got uh, The Flash, you've got Aquaman 2 in December, and then you've got June, you've got uh, June 2023, you've got Shazam 2. I mean, the fact we're looking at a schedule that's twenty going as far back as 2023 is crazy. Yeah, and it's all films that are in at least pre-production and that people know about and stuff like that. Like, that's what's crazy. Like, this thing, like, the summer blockbuster and, like, the superhero blockbuster or, like, however you want to define these films, like, have become such a staple in pop culture now that everybody knows everything about it and everything, everybody knows when things are starting and happening and everything like that. It's such a big cultural milestone, each one. Literally, like, it's the only thing talked about. It's on every talk show. It's on every billboard. It's literally, like, every TV show, podcast, like, like YouTube video or everything is about these things. It takes over pop culture or, like, like media in general when they come out. That we know things that are going to come out in three years. It's like, like one of the trailers I've got to talk about today, The Witches, like there was a, like something announced a while ago that it was happening. The trailers just come out for it. It drops out on streaming at the end of the month, and it's got an A star cast. Like and it's mental. Like things like that just sort of get swept under the rug, and like that's how films used to be. Like you don't know they're in production or anything like that until you might hear a rumor, but you don't know it's confirmed until you see the trailer in the cinema. And now we know everything inside and out. We've got a trailer for a Batman film that's not coming out for another two years. Yeah, exactly. That's madness, isn't it? It's like, um, it's, but interestingly enough, the streaming stuff is what's absolutely killing it. It's like you're you're going to release The Mandalorian anyway. And yeah, you're mm-hmm. definitely going to release, you're not going to delay The Mandalorian because what are people doing at the moment? People can't go out and watch a new film or don't want to go out and watch a new film. So they are just streaming stuff, and it's like... Yeah, it does have the benefit of its delivery method, doesn't it? Like, 100%. I mean, not only is it a fantastic series, and it would do really well anyway, but I think the delivery method of it is probably going to attest to that as well. It's going to contribute to its success, just because that's how people are watching stuff. I mean, you only have to watch... Like, what, what did really well recently? There was a film or something that came out on streaming that absolutely smashed it, uh, I can't think of what it was. It might have been a TV series. It might have been something, but something did really well recently, uh, and it was a streaming release. And it absolutely like it just shows you that when you release something like Tenet, which was really anticipated, but then you release something on streaming, and it's just that much more accessible to people. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think. Sorry, go on. Go on. Uh, I was just going to say while we're on the topic of delays. Um, we got a release date for Jurassic World Dominion as well. Now that feels like it's been in the in pro, you know, in in shooting forever, and that's carried on through the pandemic. Uh, they they shown off photos and stuff of them being all yeah. COVID secure and that while they were doing it. But that's going to be June tenth, twenty twenty two. That ju- yeah. that's nuts, absolutely nuts. Well, the Jurassic Park films do take quite a while to make anyway. But yeah, we did get that announced this week and. Even then, I was like, Jesus, 2022? Like, why are you announcing this now? Like, and the fact that they're putting a solid date on something two years in the future, it's like the same thing that happened with Cyberpunk. Like, they put a date on it, and then they could never reach the date, and it keeps getting pushed back. It's like, maybe you don't announce a date for something until you know it's going to be released on that day. Like, if they had just said, like, 2022, like, this film's coming out in 2022, it's like, okay. And then in 2021, maybe be like, it's going to come out 
maybe June time in 2022. You know well, what I, I mean? Think, so like, yeah, I think that's... It, but also, it's just to get another headline at the same time, isn't it? Like, because once something's got a definite release date and it gets delayed, they get another headline for it, don't they? And it's oh, another keep it bit relevant, of promotion, isn't it? Yeah. Keep it in, on people's minds. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, delaying something that far is probably just giving you the wiggle room as well. Like, you know, you, you don't want to delay something time and time and time again at the same time as it being good, you know, puts you in the, the spotlight. But you don't want to be known for that film that never, ever came out or that game that never, ever came out uh, because, you yeah. know, people's expectations become higher because it took a lot longer for it to come out. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I, I, I get what they're doing by saying 2022, 2023, and they're pushing them back that far. But it just kind of makes me feel a bit sick that we're not going to really get very much next year. Yeah, and I think it, it all this brings us back to like the conversation we had near the beginning of the pandemic and stuff like that. Is our thing is going to move on to streaming? I think it is, and that's really unfortunate for the world. It's like they're seeing the numbers of people streaming more now during the pandemic. So like, okay, this is the way that we need to go then. It's like, it's not not necessarily the way you need to go entirely like think of it as a temporary fix but it seems like everybody's taking this as this is the new future and if we just get rid of cinemas all all together then i think society really loses something Mm -hmm. like like my favorite pastimes as a kid would go into the cinema or like going bowling and stuff like that all things that you can't do at the moment but it's like if we just shut down or we don't support the cinema industry and the cinema chains, like, like they, the government aren't looking to bail out these companies in any sort of way, but they'll bail out any other sort of industry. Like, they'll pay for people working in banks. They'll pay for people working, like, anywhere that the government's going to earn a huge chunk of cash, you know what I mean? Mm. They're going to bail out. But then, like, the arts, like, we saw... Um, one of our big ministers in the country is saying that people in the arts should retrain into other fields. Like, but then he'll probably go home tonight and he'll put on BBC and watch the new drama on BBC or something like that. When he like, people yeah. are just consuming art all the time, but they give no credit or no thought to the people that work in the industry. They think these things just sort of happen, don't they? Yeah, like, take it for and granted. it really pisses me off. Really take it for granted. Yeah, and like. If we just let cinema chains close down, the way that we've let Cineworld essentially close is just, it's sad. Like, people need to stop saying, like, the future is on streaming only. Like, it's like, no, this is like a temporary fix to, a, to a, like, obviously a long-term problem. But, like, we need to be able to sort of reset after the pandemic. Like, society, like, would suffer more if after the pandemic ends we can't go back to some sort of normality and everything has changed. Like, obviously we need to be ready to adapt to a new normal, but if we just, like, get rid of the entire old world, then we've lost everything that kind of defines us as people, haven't we? So it's, like, it's Mm. sad to think about. It's, I I hope for, you know, the Cineworld workers and stuff, I hope that in the UK specifically, we've had the furlough scheme, which has basically paid people's wages when or a percentage of people's mm-hmm. wages when they can't work. And it's been announced that they're doing a local furlough, which is going to be for uh, people who are in local lockdowns in their towns, because a lot of the talk right now is that the UK is not going to go back into a proper lockdown, even though our 
daily cases right now are over 10,000 a day, which is just yeah. sickening to think about. But they're changing the rules all the time as well. They're doing like a three-stage lockdown thing, apparently, is what the next thing's going to be. So certain areas are going to be more heavily locked down than others. So that's where the area-specific furlough is going well, to come If in you ever stuff. wanted a government that makes things way more complicated than what they need to be, you just need the UK government. <laughs> oh, man. It's... But it's just, it's confusing people and it's making the whole situation worse, which means that industries like the cinema industry and the yeah. industry and TV and stuff are just going to suffer even more. And then once there's nothing on TV to watch other than like 20-year-old reruns, people are then going to start complaining, aren't they? Like, like we need money to fund it to keep these things going. Yeah. I just hope that it gets the support, you know, so that when, they, you know, hopefully they, they have the jobs to come back to, because I don't know what their situation is, but it would just be horrible yeah. to think that and i don't i don't mean this wrong for people who work in the hospitality sector because everybody needs that support but for it just to come off the back of pubs having to close and then you then release the local lockdown it's like uh, sorry the local furloughs it's like no you've got to think of more than just a hospitality sector with that but yeah. that's because British people really just care about the pubs, let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, well, anyway. Well, anyway. That, they tax it so heavily. Like, it's like that's the thing. The government are going to do whatever they can to make sure that they end up with money at We're the end. We're a bloody of movie, film, TV well, podcast, Chris. <laughs> let's, I know. We don't need but, to talk about like, this anymore now, I think. Uh, Oh, there's we'll been some it. stuff coming we'll out today that's just had my blood boiling. We'll Let me tell you. Save something. it for after the podcast. Anyway, um, um, what else? We got a first look at Henry Cavill in The Witcher 2, and he's looking swole AF. I've not seen this. Have you not? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really... frantically, frantically Googling. I am thankfully very fast and got it in front of me, and I've just sent it to you. Yeah, a new look at Henry Cavill in The Witcher. We also saw a shot of Yennefer and Siri, so they've released a couple oh, of... yeah, the uh, new shot of Siri. Yeah, they've released a couple of little uh, photos to give you a glimpse at season two of The Witcher, which is our most popular episode ever. So we need to make sure we cover (laughs) everything to do with The Witcher when it comes out. It looks like they've added more abs to his armor. He looks. (laughs) Is that just me? It looks like they've added more abs to his armor. Like, he doesn't need abs on his armor, he's got abs. He's an absolute tank in this photo he's a unit isn't he like yeah he's more armored up basically um probably means that he's gonna fight some even more dangerous monsters which should be cool that man needs to chill and leave some women for the rest of us in this world let me tell you like like i'm being serious like henry cavill just needs to whoof, chill just chill man just chill just chill i can't compete <laughs> we're we're turning into a Henry Cavill fanboy podcast. If you can't, we stand Henry Cavill. <laughs> uh, what else do we have this week? Jamie Fox to return as Electro in Marvel's Spider Man Three. Okay, this right. is this is big topic. This is big talk. This caught me completely unaware. So he thought that Marvel had announced this, but so he announced it on his social medias i think but like it turns out things weren't finalized and things weren't being announced yet mm. um it's in final what? discussions isn't it so and also we got a reveal today i saw the headline that um benedict cumberbatch is coming back to play dr strange in spider-man 3 yeah so he's turning more into multiverse the figure. yeah Sp- as, as spider-verse are we doing it 
Like, everyone's like, come on, you've got to bring back the other Spider-Men now. You've got to cross over with this and do this and that and everything. I mean, like, it would be fantastic if they did. I know we got a Spider-Verse and, like, the animated Spider-Verse is phenomenal. Like, probably the best Spider-Man film we've ever got. And Mm -hmm. I love Spider-Man too. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, maybe the best Spider-Man movie we got ever. So, a live-action version, if it can still capture the same magic I, I think it probably would it'd be nostalgia of seeing three different versions of spider-man and all their villains teaming up <gasps> that's how they could make the sinister six because they wouldn't need to like establish all new versions of these characters they just bring in doc ock from the toby Maguire universe and oh my god now i'm just I, putting I like, it together in my I head like now you, i like and how oh excited you're getting i like how you say excited <laughs> you're getting but jamie fox did say he did say that his uh, new version of of Electro wouldn't be the blue Electro. It'd be Good. it'd be the more realistic, comic book accurate Electro. Uh, well, yeah, that's like not being, that's version, not maybe. yeah, that's not confirmed. I don't think, but he did he did put. A I quote have seen out. concept art of that, and it does look cool. It looks yeah. better than his blue skin version. But definitely, there is a there is a high level, high chance of there being some multiverse action going on because that's what but, the that's what they're leaning into. It's kind of funny, really, yeah, that DC's leaned into this and then Marvel's leaned into this. It's like, okay, the concept of it now is okay. We can all we can all start going a bit crazy with our multiverses. Yeah, see, like DC did it like in a sort of under the carpet sort of way. Like they just started doing films that weren't related to each other, and like that's like made people realize about like the multiverse haven't uh, hasn't it and yeah. like obviously we know that the flash film is going to tackle multiverse and stuff like that whereas like marvel did like their big thing and they're like how can we go bigger than just the whole universe being a threat <laughs> okay multiple universes all colliding together and if it leads to some like convergence sort of event type of thing or like loads of, like it would be so cool to see like like a whole phase of films where it's like characters interacting with other version of the same characters and stuff like that like yeah it's just like a theme throughout like phase four is mm-hmm. it or phase five i have Which no idea phase four it's phase four um i believe <laughs> i'm getting confused now like it would be a cool like tying theme together and then you could play with these big cosmic villains like kang the conqueror who does conquer multiverses or uh maybe galactus now has something to do with the multiverse or dr doom because um, he's always traveling the multiverse and stuff like that. That would be like really cool ways to intertwine all these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mm. I don't know whether who, that's... Who, who would you get from the different Spider-Man films then to be in this film? Uh, you just put them all in. If you, you can't put one and not the other because how do you... There's only three, right? There's only... No, I mean, like, what villains, what characters do you return Ooh. from like the different franchises? Well, okay, right. Uh, definitely the Doc Ock from the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah. Would you bring back Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin? Ooh, yeah. You wouldn't bring back the Green Goblin from Amazing Spider-Man, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Dane DeHaan. And you no. wouldn't bring back Liz- the Lizard from... No, you wouldn't really bring back many... The lizard of- was okay. You wouldn't really bring back many of the villains from... I mean, I would have liked to have seen the Rhino. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> the Paul Giamatti version of the Rhino. Yeah, just the the guy in this big mech suit. I feel like that yeah. would have been quite fun to see on. And the that screen. would work in the MCU as well. It really would. Yeah, defo. Be kind of like a good like Iron Man team up to go against something like that. 
would you bring back Bruce Campbell as like the snooty concierge from the Tobey Maguire films, who was in concept art meant to be Mysterio in that universe? Ooh. That was the original plan for Spider Man Four. Oof, that would have been. Uh... Oh, you know what? I don't know because I, I think maybe, what if? Because um, was it confirmed that Jake Gyllenhaal was dead in Far From Home? Is he not coming back, or is it? Well, we don't know because like. Like he's Mysterio. Because the thing with, like, he programmed Edith to, like, work with all his trickery and all that sort of stuff. And, like, Toby, uh, sorry, Toby, I'm saying Toby now. Peter, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, literally only said, is what I'm looking at, like, are all the illusions down? Like, he didn't ask any other follow-up questions or anything like that. So it's like, Edith could have been lying to him. Edith might not have been working for him in that moment. It might not have changed over ownership properly yet. Mm. Like, like there's still so many like trickery and stuff like that. And you've got Team Mysterio as well, which are all playing tricks and stuff. The way they re-edited the footage for the post credits and yeah. stuff like that. That so that is Mysterio he really dead? We good. don't know. That Mysterio was very good. I feel like I feel like they're not going to kill off JJ and John Hall's Mysterio after that. Like. He was so good in it, and like the whole point is the fact that he keeps tricking. Like he always makes Spider Man think that he's been defeated, but it's always just another trick. A time before we had this podcast. It's weird to it think. Was. Weird to yeah. think. Uh, trailers. Um, one more bit of news. Uh, I need to pull up the casting, but we got the cast reveal for the Netflix Resident Evil. Yes, we Reboot. did. Yes, we did. Uh, Netflix, let's get the cast up because I've forgotten it. The Res- lead role um, looked very similar to... They, they've casted it very much in the vein of... Uh, what's the original? Uh, the original actress, Chris, help me. Uh, Mia, Mia Djokovic. Mia Djokovic, yeah. Very much in the same vein. Yeah, uh, they are basing it more off the... Um, off the games now. Okay, so the lead role is Kaya Skodelra, uh, that girl from Skins. She was Very in. Very good. <laughs> I, I, these names are fucking with me today, honestly. Um, so she was Effie in Skins, um, and she was in the Maze Runner series. She was in a lot of other stuff. Um, we've got Luther from um, the Umbrella Academy is joining the cast oh, very as um, as a big, uh, big Albert evil Wesker. Monster. We've got Whoa. Robbie Amell. Hang on, Albert Wesker. He's playing Albert Wesker. Yeah. yeah, that is a very interesting casting for him. Okay. I, Are I you just... more into Resident Evil than I realized? <laughs> no, no. Well, I played Resident Evil Five, the one in the desert. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Albert yeah, yeah. Wesker was in that. Um, yeah, he was. But I remember playing that one. That one was good. I played get, four and five. But to cast the him uh, as Wesker is a really like I don't know. I just wouldn't have put wouldn't have put them together. Tom Hopper, isn't it? Yeah, Tom Hopper. I just wouldn't have. Ah, uh, you know what? Maybe. You know what? Maybe give him the sunglasses. They're going for a new take, and, maybe. Yeah, give him the sunglasses and give him some like white hair or something, and maybe. Yeah, I can kind of see yeah. it. So, Kaya is playing Claire Redfield. Um, I've got the names in front of me now. We've got Robbie Amell is playing um, Chris Redfield, so the brothers, mm-hmm. uh, brother and sister. we got Hannah John Kamen um, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. She played Ghost 
Uh, she is playing Jill Valentine. Um, Ivan Jagia from Zombieland 2. I didn't watch Zombieland 2 in the end. Uh, he's playing Leon Kennedy. Uh, that's interesting casting, actually, for Leon. Um, and then we got uh, Neil McDonough, um, Dundun Dugan from the uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Captain America films. He was in, um, he was in the Arrowverse and stuff like that. Um, he's an amazing actor. He's been in so many things. As soon as you see his face, you'll know who he is. If you don't know him by now, he is playing William Birkin. Interesting. So big old cast, and I don't think it's a film. I think this is a series. Um, a Netflix series that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, I think it's meant to um, be. Yeah. They're adapting the uh, origin story adaptation, so it's going to be based off the earlier games and like the the first outbreak and stuff. I think I think it's then going to lead into. I think it's going to take place just before Resident Evil One and Two. Raccoon City, bitch. Rac- <laughs> Raccoon City, bitch. Raccoon Raccoon City, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had to talk about that quickly. Yeah, right. Trailers. Trailers. Okay, the big ones. Uh, the Witches dropped a trailer just after we finished wrapping the last episode, as always. Uh, this is the reboot, uh, the reimagining of the 90s Witches film that scared the shit out of all of us growing up. It's mm-hmm. got uh, Anne Hathaway playing the head witch. You've got Stanley Tucci playing the concierge of the hotel. Uh, you got Octavia Spencer in there as well. It looks like the same production team that did the BFG. It has that very sort of like, not amazing CGI standard, but it's heavily CGI'd. Um, it better, looks good. It's got a great than cast. The Iron so. Mask. Better than the Iron Mask. Yeah, it's better than the Iron Mask. Um, but this is being made by Robert Zemeckis, so it's it's probably going to be good. Yeah, like it's got the Robert Zemeckis stamp of approval. Even though Steven Spielberg did uh, BFG, but that film looked horrible. It gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it looked horrible. Uh, the next big trailer, Free Guy, got another trailer. Got another trailer. I'm not really going to talk about the trailer, but it's still due to come out on December 11th, I think it is. Okay. I can't believe this film's still going to come out, but I reckon it, even if it's not going to end up coming out in cinemas, they'll probably throw it on streaming. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Defo. Oh, that's why I yeah. forgot to mention it. I did mention it earlier. The Witches is coming out on streaming on HBO Max. I'm not sure how it's getting released in the UK yet, but on October 22nd, so in two two and a bit weeks. Okay, cool. Which blew my mind. Two that's weeks like, from this being posted. Not far away at all. No. Um, you got a trailer for the 355. Have you seen this trailer? I saw it all over Facebook and stuff like that. No, I've not seen it. Um, so this is like... it. Gave me very much like vibes of Ocean's Eight. Uh, it's like Jessica Chastain, um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Selma Hayek, and um, Diane Kruger. Okay, I, I just about managed to pull those names out of my ass. Um, <laughs> all as female agents working for different um, like organizations around the world, but they need to team up to basically stop load of terror attacks and like potentially the start of world war three around the world okay, sort cool. of like a girls get it done type thing yeah. um it, to be honest the choreography in it looked really cool and it looked interesting visually so that's why i'm talking about it normally i wouldn't like i was like oh one of these films again type thing but like it seemed better it seemed to look better than most of these sort of like girls get it done films like it looks like they've actually put 
a bit more effort into making the fighting look good, the story look good, like give them all independent personalities instead of just like the characters that we get in like Ocean's 8 and stuff like that. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of Ocean's 8. No. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can't remember when that one comes out, but it's coming out. We've got a trailer. The next, like, the next three are weird. Like, just didn't see these coming. We've got Arch Enemy, which stars Joe Manganiello in the main role. He plays a superhero that comes from outer space, but he's just become a hobo. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and and then it's like he ends up teaming up with uh, like um two black kids from like the rough side of town to like help them get out of a situation it's him sort of like rediscovering his superpowers and stuff like that but he's just a drunk hobo it's, got, uh, it's joe manchinello it's also got uh glenn howerton from uh always from sunny. always sunny yeah yeah it's got dennis like it, it looks like he's playing the main villain in this and i was watching the trailer like what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> um, it's from the same guy, the same producers as Mandy and Color Out of Space. So I was expecting uh, Nick Cage to be the villain in this, not Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah. But yeah, like it's got that same sort of aesthetic to it. Weird, trippy, hyper neon vibes to it. But it's Joe Manganiello, our D&D god himself. Yeah, Death, um, Mr. Just... Death Saves himself. <laughs> mate i want some death saves merch i've been looking at it for two years i can't afford that shit though this <laughs> looks really dark i've just been watching it like looks yeah i mean not, not weird not only dark as if in, it's really lowly lit but yeah it yeah looks, it's all at night yeah. yeah i love i love have you the seen look of dennis sorry oh yeah with his like bleach blonde hair and shit like that he looks yeah, fucking batshit insane yeah. uh, have you seen mandy yet no i've not oh man mandy is an acid trip legit acid trip uh nick, nick cage running around like with a giant fucking axe just per- murdering people who uh, killed his wife while he's just like constantly just like there's like a gimp gang who like <laughs> swallow purple ooze and stuff like that and that's incredible film. uh Arch <laughs> comes out uh december 11th there you go um next one news of the world this is the next uh, tom hanks Probably going for an Oscar again. Um, it's got a by Paul Greengrass, who did Captain Phillips, United, uh, 93. He did the Bourne films. I'm forgetting what else he did other than them. Uh, but he takes a young... Uh, it's in like the Old West, and he finds a girl who's like family of either left or di- uh, died or something like that. He takes her mm. under the wing, and people are coming after her and stuff like that. It's sort of like... It feels like... You would be. It should be watching Kurt Russell in the role, but it's Tom Hanks playing it. Sorry, so James endearing. Just to mention with Arch Enemy, it's also being co-produced by Elijah Wood and Joe Manganiello as well. Just in case. Well, there you, you go. Yeah, uh, Elijah Wood has got his own production company. I think it's uh, Silphscope or no Silphscope's the thing that you get from Pokemon uh, <laughs> Stereoscope or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got his own production company that do all these sort of uh, like low budget, trippy like thriller horror type jobbies uh he's normally in them like if you see an elijah wood film it he tends to be part of the production team on it um mm-hmm. i think they did maniac might have been the first one that they did um cool anyway yeah news of the world that comes out at some point this year i believe i think it's later on aiming for a christmas release um cool uh tom hanks doing tom hanks next one this is the really the, like these next two are the two weird ones. News of the world wasn't a weird one. 
Fat Man. It's Mel Gibson playing um, Santa who's being hunted by Walton Goggins because Walton Goggins is a hitman that a kid <laughs> hires after getting a lump of coal because he was a naughty kid. Of course, I would run away from Walton Goggins as well. Yeah, uh, but but um, Santa's also being hired, I think it was by like the CIA or something like that to like hunt down somebody else. So it's like trippy-ass film, but it's <laughs> it's Santa with a machine gun. <laughs> very good and then the last one it seems weird but in like such a great way i like, just visually it's strange is mank so this stars gary oldman amanda seafried uh who else i've got to listen oh i just accidentally started a trailer on youtube uh lily collins is in it uh yeah that's pretty much it for the casting as far as i'm aware um david fincher directing this but 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of a scathing wit and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankovich as he f- races to finish Citizen Kane. So it's based in the 1930s. It's got um, Oscar Wilde, uh, not fucking Oscar Wilde. What the oh, fuck is? Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a little bit of this. Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. It reminds well, Orson me, Wells. Yeah, I couldn't it, think of the name Orson Wells. It reminds me a bit of that film that's coming out that we mentioned last week with those direct the directors trying to finish the Godfather film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like one of those pseudo. This one seems like less factual, more sort of like like inspirational. You know how like. Uh, once upon a time in hollywood was a look back at like that sort of generation of hollywood this one seems to be diving back even further to the 30s and super stylized super over the top proper david fincher looking mm-hmm. um it's all in black and white as well i don't know if it's in four by three or not um but yeah it's it's um gary oldman being gary oldman he's an old drunk writer like if that isn't like the perfect role for gary oldman nowadays i don't know what is no yeah for other sure. than churchill uh, <laughs> i've got two trailers before we move on the one, on, one literally just came out today um first one is the new animated series coming from robert kirkman as part of okay yeah it's uh invincible for amazon prime oh that's got a trailer now it's got a trailer <laughs> I don't Whoa. know whether it, I don't know I'm sure it's a TV series I'm sure it's a series not a film. It could, yeah it is it's yeah. uh, it's a Amazon Prime mini series I think. Yeah it looks awesome. So I didn't realize this cast in this is nuts. So you've got Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead. Uh you've got JK Simmons, Seth Rogen, Sandra O oh from Killing Eve, you've got Mark Hamill, Zazie Beetz, uh Walton Goggins is in here as well. You've got so the Gogs is back. Yeah, you can't get away from him. Um, he's like a hitman after you. You've got Zachary Quinto in here. Uh, you've got an absolute uh, Michael Kudlitz. You've got a lot. Uh, Mashallah Ali is in here. You've got a lot of. That's an amazing voice cast. Yeah, you've got a lot of Walking Dead uh, people. Lenny James, uh, who's uh, Morgan in The Walking Dead, is also in here. You've got. Okay, yeah. You've got. Obviously, he's worked with these casts a lot, so you know that. Um, you know, he 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 will work with people that he's familiar with. But yeah, absolutely awesome looking series. Looks really fun. Looks really violent as well. But yeah, looks I'm awesome. literally I'm watching the trailer now. Yeah, it does look violent. Like a, a guy's head just popped. Yeah, like, yeah. And then the other trailer that we've got is we've got a first look at season two of Snowpiercer, and we've got the oh, okay. the Bean himself as uh, Wilford. 
which is fun. Sean's beans. Sean beans himself. Winter is Sean's coming. Sean's beans. Winter is coming. Um, let me just quickly break. One sec. Just keep recording. Don't stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, uh, I was just seeing if uh, I needed to get the door or not. That's um, all right. So I don't know whether maybe we just reconvene to finish recording this because it's like maybe. I don't want to rush through the boys' yeah. finale. Um, so maybe we do this and then we'll just like, I don't know, like at the weekend or something, just spend like 20 minutes doing um, yeah. th- the boys if you want. Yeah. Does that sound all right? I do. Yeah, we'll just finish like this last little bit, and then we'll. I can literally do it during the day, anytime, like over the next two days. So if you yeah, want, yeah, I mean, just... I haven't got anything planned, so yeah, we'll just we'll just do it. Um, we'll just do it part so... of the weekend. I just don't want to rush it, and I felt like we were yeah. starting to get a bit. And rushy. we need, to... yeah, we yeah, we definitely were. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Let's just finish up there, and then we'll um we'll just finish it on a bit where we go to talk about the boys. We'll just be like, right, yeah. we want to talk about the boys finale. Yeah, okay, and then we'll uh, we'll call it there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what was he talking about? The snowpiercer. Okay, snowpiercer. Sean's beans. Yeah, so Sean Bean is he gonna die? He's definitely gonna die. He always <laughs> dies in everything that he is in, doesn't he? See, right, okay, so apart I from season apart one Apart from, so... sorry, apart from in, uh, what is that film where people go to space? What is it? Is it Interstellar that he's in? No. What is he in? What uh, 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 The Martian. Uh, the Martian, yeah. Apart from in The Martian, Martian he yeah. doesn't die. His where career his career dies. dies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> you were on the same thought process there. I'm so glad you're on the same. There's page. also one other thing. He played a transvestite in a uh, BBC drama. And some would say his... <laughs> I'm not... No, I'm not going to finish this. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't watch it. My nan watched it. It was like five years ago. My nan watched it. <laughs> uh, Sean's Beans himself. Sean's Did beans. he die in Sharp? Did Sharp die at the end of Sharp? I have no idea. He dies that was a, a long ass series. I, I've kind of had this thought like today that I kind of want to rewatch Lord of the Rings again. I get to that point every couple oh. of years where I'm like, I want to rewatch Lord of the Rings. I'm itching it. Do you know what? It always seems to be like autumn time. Like you know when like the nights are getting darker and you're staying inside more. I'm like Sunday afternoon. Like you just watch three films back to back. It takes you all day. Oh yeah. I also kind of want to watch The Hobbit again. Now that it's been a lot of time since I've watched any of the Hobbit films, I, I, oh. yeah, I know, I know. I rewatched part two and three last year because they were on ITV two, like everything is. Um, <laughs> it was on there on on TV, and there wasn't anything else on, so I rewatched them both, and I was like, "Woof, this last film is tragic." Yeah, it was meant to be like the expectation was that it was going to be really good because it was going to be like yeah. big, big battles, big fights. Um, I remember we yeah. went to see it in the cinema. I think this was like one of our first like times that we were reviewed a film together afterwards, and we walked <laughs> out and we were like, "What the fuck did we just witness?" It was definitely like one of those films where it's like, "Is it when, when is it going to end?" It's like it just never ends. <gasps> I felt that it just went on for one. so long, and it looked awful. Like it hurt my brain to look at, and there was just 
I'll, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't rewatch the Hobbit. Never mind. I'll just rewatch I mean, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, rewatch the first one. The first one is okay. Um, I, I felt that the same second thing and at the third end of the one? first one. Oof. I felt I felt that way at the end of the first one because they get to that bit where there's the wolves, the wargs, and the orcs chasing after them, and I was like, yeah, oh, I this like... should feel the end, and then it just carries on again, and it's like, no, yeah. I like the first one up until the bit where they go into the mountain and with all the CGI goblins and stuff like that. Like oh, the yeah, whole bit, yeah. like the world building to begin with and setting up the dwarfs and everything. Like, and like, like you got Morgan Freeman actually being able to act and you got Ian McKellen there and it's, ah, uh, it's I'm good. Sorry, Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman. Not Morgan Freeman. Fre- Martin Freeman. <laughs> Martin Freeman. Did I say Morgan Freeman? <laughs> you did say Morgan Freeman. And I was for a second. I want to see that version. I want to see that version with Morgan Freeman as Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> for a second, I was like, I knew I Gandalf just, was a good man. <laughs> did I just fall asleep, Jory? <laughs> oh um, my god. I want to see that version now. <laughs> Right. Oh man! Right, uh, I think right. that's on to the boys. Onto Are we the going boi- on to the boys? Yeah, let's let's chat the season Finally? finale of the boys. Talking about the boys, boys season two. Should we talk about like the full season now? Kind of retrospective. We don't need to touch on the first half as much, but we can talk as a season as a whole. Yeah, we could probably yeah. Let's re let's uh get back up to speed because people may have just tuned into this and uh, not listen to the other episodes that we had done earlier so yeah let's uh talk the season as a whole sounds like a good idea yeah what did you think of this season then in comparison to the first one um i think there was a bit ah right okay so i think the pace maybe slowed down a little bit throughout season two it maybe felt like there was some parts i think maybe because you had the whole uh butcher and his wife moments and stuff i think they kind of slowed the season down a little bit um i think maybe season one because you had everything you know you had the character introductions and you you were trying to you know it's season one isn't it you want to really grip people it's the same kind of same kind of thing as the walking dead where the first few episodes of season one are just absolutely like breakneck speed um, yeah, you want to like come out the gates hot, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I th- felt like maybe season two of the boys kind of um, slowed that down a little bit, but yeah, I think I think there wasn't as much happened. Like you were sort of waiting for like the twist every episode, but like there wasn't like season one had like a massive event every episode type thing, didn't it? Yeah. And I don't think this season this season was a, a bit more about some of the characters. Like you got introduced to the rest of the boys a lot more. I felt like Huey was a little bit more sidelined in this season. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I felt like he was. Uh, I th- it was more Butcher's story this season yeah. versus it was Huey's story in season one because obviously he was coming to grips with the loss of his girlfriend and him becoming this character that was more, you know, he could stand on his own two feet instead. Where mm-hmm. the season two is Huey is standing on his own two feet. Um, but it's more about Butcher and his uh, his own personal struggle. Like the bits with uh, him and his dad were really good. Uh, bloody Mr. Lord of the Rings himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Trying to set himself on fire, eating a tomato in the most <laughs> disgusting way. Have you seen that petition <laughs> online that they've uh, they've started for 
to get him to apologise for the tomato scene in Re- Re- Return of the King. <laughs> Trying to get him to apologise. Publicly apologise for it, because the way he eats that tomato is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it's, so gross. it's horrible. It's a very good, very good metaphor for the uh, the, the people getting killed, though. Got you. Got yeah. Got to give it a bit of credit for that. <laughs> Sidetrack. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like the pacing of this season seemed very weird, and like it felt almost like the season was over before it almost reached the climax. You know what I mean? It was like it sort of built very slowly instead of like the season as a whole didn't have many arcs to it. It was sort of like it slowly ramped up, and then like this final episode had so much like big high action and stuff like that in like it was a bit crazy uh i i think i enjoyed season one but there was really cool interesting things in season two yeah i couldn't agree more i think i feel like season two and three maybe if you put them together will be better than season one yeah i think season two started to introduce a lot more in in from the comics so you introduced the church of the collective which was a bit of a let's talk about the church collective while we're while we're on the topic of things that were introduced in season two then so i it does a really good job of not telling you what this is straight away kind of keeps mm-hmm. its plays its cards close to its chest a little bit for the church stuff and i still don't think by the time by the time we get to the end of season two i don't think we still know what the church of the collective is no i don't think that story is finished playing out yet although the way the season ended as well i was like uh-huh <laughs> oh yeah definitely i mean how should we do this should we talk non-spoilers for a little bit first and then talk spoilers just in case yeah. anyone's like... yeah at least for the last episode yeah. yeah okay yeah so we won't touch on the last episode until a little bit later there'll be a time code in the description for this episode because we've not had that for a while and we're just discussing it <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah we're, we haven't had much to non-spoiler for a while though so yeah exactly we kind of just talked about little fun things haven't we and a couple yeah. of right anyway uh what else in these <laughs> last couple of episodes so we had it's obviously more butcher's story um we've you know we've we already... had lamplighter lamplighter the last time we spoke about it was before the asylum or the medical center breaking yes it was just literally before that uh lamplighter yeah. what uh i love that actor I think he's so good. Should, in uh, this. It's not Sean Austin, is it? It's, it's no Sean Austin is uh, Samwise <laughs> Gamgee. Samwise, yeah. Uh, it's Sean something, isn't it? Ash Ashforth, Sean. Uh, Sean Ashforth. Two seconds. <laughs> Google. Pad time for Google. <laughs> Google isn't. It's not. It's not pulled through as fast as what I, I needed it to. Oh no! Uh, fill the time, Chris. Uh, Lamplighter actor Sean Ashmore. Oh, I was close. I was close. You were. Yeah. Um, I, I got that faster cool. than you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Google let you down. Yeah. So we knew we knew uh, Sean Ashford was going to be playing. Uh, Ashmore was going to be playing Lamplighter because we got that little reveal image. Um, a very very interesting image to release. Uh, considering at what point in the season that image is from, that's all I'm yeah. going to say. Um, yeah, in front of the statue. Yeah, woof. But we was do, not expecting no, that. Not at all. Not at all. But we do get a look in this season at Lamplighter's full outfit uh, as well, which is yeah. really like 
a real cool outfit. I'd almost say like one of the cooler outfits out of out of the rest of the boys. Uh, not the boys, the yeah. uh, the seven. To be fair, yeah. I, I mean, the staff is a little bit clunky. The fact that he, he was like carrying it around to like events and everything as well. Like, like definitely just having the Zippo lighter is a lot is a lot easier to yeah. manage. But it, like, it really works for the character. Like, it it's a cool striking image isn't it yeah yeah like sure. i think the best thing for like heroes and stuff like that and like well any sort of character you know like the design of the character is good when from a silhouette you would be able to tell who that character is mm-hmm. it's like batman is mostly just silhouette like superman wonder woman like green lantern and stuff like that like most of these characters you can tell who they are from the silhouette mm-hmm. so having like lamplighter with his staff and his hood and stuff like that really made him different from the rest of the seven so it, it was a really good design yeah i wonder if um because we see a photo of lamplighter right at the beginning of season one i wonder if they already had um sean ashmore in mind for the role because the little photo that you see of lamplighter at the beginning looks a lot like i know it's i know it's He's literally got a hood on and glasses, so it's quite hard to tell, but it does look passable as Sean Ashmore. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it probably would have leaked a bit sooner. You know, like the um, Jensen Eccles as Soldier Boy in Season 3. Oh, yeah, I, I saw this, but I didn't know whether that was confirmed or not because he did like a like a little thing on Instagram or something, didn't he, where he's reading the, the comic books and, and he, he like yeah. reacts to it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is confirmed. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't I didn't realise I saw it this morning and didn't know whether it was a confirmed thing or not, so Yeah. Um yeah. Well, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. What else? Who else could we talk um, about? Um do you want to talk about some of the soups in that um medical centre as well? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> Should we talk So Lamplighter Lamplighter is literally just there to like kill any of so the testing compound V on is this grown adults. Is this spoilery? I mean, kind of, but like this was like three episodes ago. Okay, yeah, we're, we're not talking finale spoilers. Yet. No, um, like so, he's basically there. The testing compound V on adults to see if they could just inject an adult instead of being a child and having to adapt to the compound V, mm-hmm. being able to like then and there give people superpowers. So they're thinking about putting that in the military and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, it's all being run by Stormfront, who is, as we now know a nazi and she's trying to create the next reich she's a nasty so, bitch she is a oh she gets more savage as the season goes on as well yeah as she becomes um, more comfortable in showing off her actual opinions it's like oh that was something we'll talk about that in episode 10 but some of the stuff she says in that woof yeah right anyway so yeah um Lamplight is basically just there to like kill failed test subjects type thing. Basically. So they got a load of like grown adults captured in there and some of the superpowers are wank uh, wank. <laughs> I went to say wacky or wonky and it came out saying wanky. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, mean one of them definitely I mean, is. One of them definitely is. Should we talk about that one first? <laughs> yeah, Love Sausage yeah. is his name in the comic books. He's a Russian superhero in the comic books. And interestingly enough, that isn't one of his superpowers in the comic books. <laughs> he's just he's just a big Russian strongman in the comic books. And yeah. for some reason, well, obviously the name probably inspired them to do something <laughs> like that. But just, He's got a Mr. Fantastic dick. Yeah, literally. And he like... Mother's milk getting choked out oh, by a dick is hilarious. Jesus. What a, what a scene. 
Um, yeah, and then you have you had the the girl who just literally made people explode. Yeah, she like implodes them a bit, doesn't she? Like, yeah, <laughs> which is interesting because I wonder if um, we're not talking final. Uh, I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait. I'll wait on that. Um, we'll come back to it. But she was definitely set up as like, is this the person that's been doing like the head pops? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But like, it like is a definitely like hinted towards her being her. But she's like left out in the wind at the end of the episode, isn't she? Like, she just hitchhikes. So I reckon not, she'll come she, back in. Does she hitchhike or does she not end up getting taken out? I think no, she does. Somebody stops for her. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we don't see her getting in the car, but somebody pulls over for her. Oh, okay. so, um, so we may see a return. That'll be then. interesting. Yeah, because they don't tend to leave many loose threads with the boys. No, they do. Te- yeah, they do tend to come back and tie them up, don't yeah. they? Uh, uh, and- who else did you have? You had the guy with telekinesis. Mm. Um, that's a bit of a boring superpower. You got the guy that vomits acid. Yeah, that was um, a bit gross. Yeah, it vomits on his own face and melts his own face off. <laughs> Yuck. That's based off a... Um, I can't remember what the mutant's called, but that's one of the X-Men, like, spits acid. I was about um, to say Toad, but it's not. It's the same It's the same film that we see Toad, isn't it? I'm not sure if it is in the film, is it? Is it? Is it not? I don't know. I, I've seen it in the comic books. It might be in a film. Uh, mutant... <laughs> Acid well, interesting spray. fact while Chris searches this up. If you didn't know, Toad is actually played by... Who's he played by, Chris? Do you know? He's played by Darth Maul himself. He is played by Darth Maul himself. Mr... Uh, what's his fucking name now? <laughs> Ray Park. <laughs> why we, we both so... blanked. You were, you were stolen. That's why you threw it to me. I could why tell we you so were like... bad at remembering <laughs> actors' names today? Just... Uh... It, it's a Sunday now, right? It's it's hard, you know. <laughs> We've split this episode into two as well, but you won't be able to tell where we start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where we stopped and where we started. We've had yeah. a whole game of D and D. I'm trying to find it. Oh, you had um, in Deadpool two. You had uh, it himself. Um, what's his name? Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, okay. Um, he played like the acid spitter, didn't he? Ah. Didn't he get caught in? Didn't he get caught in the um, in the wood chipper or something, and ended up like melting himself? Yeah, that was Alexander Skarsgård. Didn't even uh, Zeitgeist was his name. Yeah, you know what? That didn't even click. Didn't even click at the time. <laughs> um, no, because that was like, but that was just after it won, I think. Um. Just as he was uh, starting to find his roles and stuff. I'm still trying to find the other name of this other mutant. Maybe it's just Zeitgeist, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else can we talk about? I think that's all the mutants from the... uh, All the mutants, the uh, the suits (laughs) of mention from there. But that was pretty funny. Like That was a good episode, that I thought. With the I think in. this had a lot of good episodes. I just think it had a lot of filler in between. But to be fair, even though I'm I'm finding something to to point out there, it it it's absolutely fine. It doesn't it doesn't affect the pace too much because when something happens in season two, it really happens. Like yeah, really happens. Like season one, like there wasn't any mystery to it or anything. It was just sort of like. Like, you had a goal from, like, the moment Robin got killed, like, you had a goal to reach at the end. 
and then season two was a bit more of a mystery and figure out who these new characters are and stuff like that and it was setting people up and exploring homelander a lot more yeah yeah um you know should we talk homelander in season two yeah let's talk homelander uh we talked about his weird fucking thing at the end of that episode like with himself and doppelganger and stuff like he went on a real weird journey in the season didn't he like he was like he was like grabbing for power and he thought he ruled the world and then he was just sort of like put back under the thumb and brought back in line by like stormfront and stuff like that it's strange and then he just sort of broke out again and like the scene his season ends with him literally riding high yeah, literally. It's it's a weird one, I think, for Homelander. Because I think I mentioned this last time, but there's parts where you kind of almost sympathise with him. Only at certain parts. Like, yeah. the bits I'm talking about is um, every time he's with Stormfront, when he's away from Becca, and when he's away from being um, just his nasty self and it's him and Stormfront, or it's him and his son on on their own, you do kind Mm -hmm. of feel sorry for him. You do kind of sympathise with his character because Stormfront is obviously manipulating him to try and get her own way. And then he's he's getting to a point where he's he's becoming... He becomes more human the more time he spends with Ryan. And... Yeah, like, the whole thing with Ryan, like, he was... He clearly thought, like he's got a son and he's going to try and like almost like Becca was doing, but he's in his own way. He's going to raise him with a parent and stuff like that instead of raising him in a lab. Mm. But he wants to control him at the same time. So it's like a weird middle area, but then he's telling him all these childhood stories, which were just the fake PR stuff. Like Homelander seems to like not process between what was fake PR nonsense and what was actually true in his life. Yeah. Because like he starts telling Ryan about the lies of like playing catch with his dad in the garden and stuff like that. I was like, we all know he didn't have a father. He didn't even have a mother figure. Mm. But that's him trying to, you know, that's, although it's a lie, he's doing it to try and bond. Yeah. Try and bond with his son. Yeah. He's trying to form a relationship. Yeah. And the bits where, um, it is a little bit in season. There is a little bit of this in the season finale, I think. But you, there's a moment where um, he he cares for Ryan and like takes him a like takes him away from a situation. But yeah, in that really, you know, that bit really humanizes him. And the bit where he's like, there's the bit where he's in the corridor um, and he's like he's playing situations over in his head and what people have said to him. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like when he starts to realize and permit, like realize like what kind of a person he wants to be, he's then thrown another curveball. And, but at the same time in this season, we see a real, real crazy part of Homelander. We really see him start to properly lose his shit internally and with other characters as well, um, which well, is very. You even interesting. see that with the relationship with Ryan, like at the end in season in episode ten. So we're not going into like full spoilers with episode ten, like we said. But like you said, like he starts to humanize and he does have like genuine caring moments with him. But at the same time, he's like he sort of shows his true colors as well. Like he cares for him and he wants him to be there, but it's so that he can control him. And yeah. he can control the future of soups, and like it, that's essentially his lineage. So that even when he isn't like 
the number one soup in the world, it's going to be his son instead, so he's still got the power over it. Yeah. Like, that's how he feels like he can control Vought, is if he controls the next biggest superhero. Mm-hmm. So, like... You, you see the snap in like episode 10 as well like he fluctuates like he has the highest highs with ryan and then the lowest lows as well yeah it's brutal like the the bit in i can't remember what episode it is but where he stood in front of the crowd and then he like lasers them down but he's not <sighs> actually lasered them down because that shot was in the it's trailer our fantasy yeah, that, yeah. Sh- that shot was in the trailer and it was just like oh shit what is gonna happen in this but then obviously it's like a it's like a fake out but wow like um, yeah yeah there's but, another interesting thing happening in that scene which we'll talk about when we get into spoilers as well yeah look man i think we should just go into spoilers i think we should just just straight into spoilers yeah all the gory spoilers because we want to talk about uh the last episode quite a lot so let's let's just jump into spoilers. So if you've not seen the finale of The Boys Season 2, make sure you go check it out before listening further. And then do make sure you come back to listen to the rest of the episode as well. So let's go for it. Yeah, so well, we also haven't talked about the episode before that as well. So the episode before that ended with the um, the Senate hearing and all the heads popping. Yeah, I think that probably that, would keep that under spoilers because that's quite a big yeah. setup, yeah wow like that was a thing that i was not expecting no it took me completely off guard um so you get um shockwave was killed in that so instantly there's a new position for a train to come back into the seven yeah and like you you genuinely see i wasn't sure if they were faking it or whether it was genuine you saw like homelander and stormfront being shocked by the situation but being calm thinking that they were still safe Mm -hmm. um until shockwave gets his head popped and then like you see a bit of fear in homelander mm-hmm. um which was interesting because i thought they were just faking it i thought they were just bluffing um until we find out who is actually behind the head poppins yeah uh oh my god i didn't see that coming <laughs> and like so this is like big spoilers for the end of episode 10 where you find out it's victoria newman Yes, running for Congress now in the, the comics, it's not Victoria Newman. It's a different person, isn't it? It's a there's a, yeah. there's a guy instead. It's the vice president of the US, yeah, and he is in Vort's pocket. Hmm. So that's an um, interesting change. There's a lot of changes from the comic books because I I had a little look and I gave in and and looked at what happens in the comic books um, because of what I heard was that it wasn't following what was going to happen and they were trying to divulge a lot from that. Otherwise, people would kind of know what to expect. So I think there's parts where it it will follow it, but I don't think it's going to follow it exactly. And, yeah. and we, won't, so... we won't talk about this in the episode because I don't want to talk about what happens in the comic books and what gets set up in case yeah. it does come out so we'll talk about that afterwards because we haven't had a chance yeah to there, there's it. there's only little bits like if the story is fully played out then we might discuss it but so did you uh well that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the head popping stuff so yeah we even so we get victoria newman and we find out that she's the one that's been behind the head poppins and stuff like that yeah so she is the opposition to vote but she's working for vote so they are literally controlling both sides of the argument mm. like and um Stan Edgar, every time you see his character, he's watching her press conferences on loads of different news networks, ones that 
aren't uh, Vought News because Vought have got their own news channel. So they control that narrative anyway. So she's reaching out to like plead against Vought. So she's on all the other news channels, but really they're controlling that as well. Mm. Which is a thing that happens, especially in American politics, like companies and stuff like that. They sponsor both sides. They play both sides of the field to control both narratives. So no matter who wins in an election, they're always seen favorably by the government. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like it's such like a smart writing thing that they've done there. But so she goes to, she's on the phone to the Church of the Collective, just that, that like that's where the information gets leaked from about stuff. Um, when they go to the press about, uh, someone from being a Nazi and everything like that. So, and then she ends up popping the leader of the Church of the Collective's head <laughs> out of nowhere because you were texting me while you were watching it and I had finished and you were like, mate, I'm just on pins. Like It's like the end of the episode, but all episode, all I've been thinking is somebody's head's about to fucking pop and then you text me just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I could just feel it. You can feel the <laughs> tension parts because there was yeah. that. I was I was expecting somebody from the boys to die. And I really thought they were either good. We we took bets, didn't we? Well, we didn't take actual did. bets, but uh, we haven't got a gambling ring going. Christ, um, <laughs> we yeah, we, we took ideas of what could have been happening. So we, I, yeah, in a group I chat, my, who's gonna die? Yeah, I put my bets on Frenchie, uh potentially Huey. I thought Frenchie as well. Yeah, but obviously the big thing is his mother's milk gets taken out by the car by Stormfront in that big scene that we'll talk about in a sec. Um, and I thought, oh no, they've killed Mother's Milk. And then I yeah. thought, hang on, no, they've not killed him because he just gets out and he's fine. So then when Starlight and Huey were sat on that bench and there was a moment where they stood up and then they were like, they, it was a quite a similar shot to what he was having with his old girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Um, Robin. Robin. And I was just waiting for it, man. And I, it, it would have been it would have been brutal for them to kill off Huey R. Starlight, but I was yeah. just waiting for a head pop. I was just if if that happened, that would have just been insane. But I, I don't think yeah. it was going to happen. I, I was I was really clutching. To I thought it was going to be Frenchy in the moment where so it looks like Kimiko gets a neck snap by Stormfront. Yeah. Obviously, um, Kimiko is invincible, so... Yeah, near enough, like... Um, so he just starts walking out of shooting, and then Huey and Mother's me- uh, Milk join in shooting, but when it was just Frenchie shooting, I was like, Stormfront's about to fuck him up now. And I thought Frenchie was gone at that moment, because he's sort of had, like, an emotional, like, uh, arc in this, which has played out, similar to... Because his and Lamplighter's stories were running linear, they were both guilty about the same event. Yeah. Um... And you find out that Frenchie uh, wasn't there to save Mallory's kids because his f- like best friend slash maybe other partner it seemed like they were might have been in like a three way relationship. Mm. Um, like he was ODing, so Frenchie was there to save him. So that's why he wasn't there to save Mallory's kids. So he had had all this emotional arc and everything, and like he was getting a lot better with Kimiko and stuff like that. He wasn't like trying to kiss her while she's down type thing he was like starting to understand and learn her sign language and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it felt like it like could have been him because his arc was sort of done for the season yeah and i was like oh frenchie seems like he might go here but then it's not and then shall we talk about that girls get it done bit yeah the the biggest punches in hollywood yeah (laughs) so it was like we get the fake version of it in the uh dawn of the seven film that they're making yeah which was clearly parodying 
the scene in Avengers End End Game when all the girls team up. Like that was clearly what it's parodying. But then in this episode, you actually get it. So Queen Maeve comes out of nowhere. Starlight and Kimiko are all wailing on Stormfront, and yeah, those punches fucking clapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just all, all I could think. Out and also, it was it was such like a fucking hardcore fight that was like because they're all superpowered, they're all just kicking fucking shit. Yeah, and then Frenchie gets the line of, "Oh, I guess girls do get it done," and that's all I was thinking. I was like, "Girls get it done." Somebody make a joke about it, but. Oh, um, what was it? There was something in that scene. Oh, all I could think was that scene from Office Space where they take the fax machine out and they fucking kick the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the way, like it was on the ground, like Stormfront was on the ground and they were all just stomping on her and everything. That's all I could think was that Office Space scene. Yeah. I even sent that in the in the group chat that we're in. And Stormfront <laughs> gets absolutely pummeled. Like so satisfying as a viewer to watch. Yeah, I. Okay, so the two people that die in this episode, in the final episode, I didn't think they were going to die because I thought they were like obviously with the storyline with Becca. So spoiler alert again, uh, spoilers for the spoilers. Stormfront and Becca, but I don't think Stormfront's actually dead. No, because they say she's being held in a secure facility. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if she can regenerate because obviously we know she's kind of immortal so can she also regenerate but she gets blazed to fuck by ryan yeah wow arms legs um, gone, and then she's on, gone i need i need a translation of what she was saying she was talking german um yeah somebody out there must have translated it by now but i haven't got it um yeah like that was that was crazy um and I like how they changed the comic book. So we spoke a while ago, like in the comic books, while she's pregnant with Homelander's baby, it laser visions through her stomach and kills Becca while she's sleeping next to Butcher. And that's how yeah. she dies. Um, so st- uh, so um, Homelander never had a kid. It never got born. Whereas in mm. this version, like obviously he's born and we get that whole thing playing out throughout the series. So the the way they kind of brought it back around to Homelander's kid still killing Becca... I was like, why didn't we see it coming? But I didn't, did not see that coming. Yeah, no, not at all. And it was quite interesting that she got her eye taken out by, by a knife um, because the Stormfront character in the comics, that happens to, to him as well because there was a gender yeah. swap with the, the Stormfront character. Um, so interesting. Yeah. I don't know whether we will uh, see Stormfront again. Uh, I kind of hope so because... Wow, just to see how you come back from something like that. I reckon it might be sort of like almost like a Hannibal Lecter type thing. Like she's like in a bed or something, or she's like like in a cage or locked up, and she's like slowly recovering, recovering, maybe growing back limbs really slowly, and like Homelander will like go to like taunt her or talk to her and stuff like that. Yeah, and did you think the the because sh- there was a lot of speculation around the shot of Homelander where he descends and he's like covered in blood? Did you? Yeah. What did you think that scene was going to be? Because I thought it was going to be him over uh, Becca instead, but it's him over Stormfront uh, when he comes yeah. down after killing all the the Vault agents and stuff, and so. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't watch the trailer for the last episode, but that was in the season trailer before the season dropped. Like, I thought, I didn't know who that was going to be over, but I thought, like, maybe you just, like, killed one of the boys or something. I thought that was going to be, like, the blood of, like, the big death of the season. You know what I mean? Hmm. Not just, like, no name 
soldiers. But like that was the moment we were talking about. Like in that moment, like he's like, "Give me back my son," type thing. He goes there to like get Ryan, but then he snaps. Like as soon as he sees Ryan on Butcher's side and Butcher siding with Ryan, like like Homeland is like. You're gonna fucking protect that little shit that killed your wife and all this sort of stuff. And it's like you could tell that he was just after the power, just after the control. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't care about Becca. He didn't care about Ryan. He was just like, oh yeah, really, really good move for his character. I think Homelander's one of the most interesting villains in kind of you know, recent times. I think he's probably been one of the more interesting villains since we had someone like um uh Black Panther um, uh Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. I think he's a yeah. yeah, it's a very, very, very good villain. Um so yeah, I'm excited yeah, because, to see like like he is like meant to be like the perfect person and like just seeing how many cracks he has in that facade and what he thinks he can get away with and everything. He's such an interesting character to watch. Also, that death scene with Becca, like, was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, definitely. Like, Butch has been, like, annoying me this season. Like, because every time something good could potentially happen to him, he fucks it up, he pisses it up the wall. Yeah. And, like, he's just sort of like, right, I'm going to go it alone because fuck everyone. Like, I can't let anybody in type thing. And then seeing Becca dying in his arms, like, so he only got her back for a season. And... Like, uh, he had to lose her all over again. He had to mourn her death for a second time. Yeah, it was a sad time. Oh, that was hard. Also, when he was leaving Ryan with Mallory, <laughs> how funny was that? Just, remember what I told you, and then you just get Ryan, don't be a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It was the most you Billy Butcher. You just got Butcher. a kid to say. <laughs> the most Billy do, Butcher thing. Do you know what? Because he said it when he was like, the camera was at the back of him looking up at Butcher. I reckon they didn't get the kid to say that. I think they overdubbed it with somebody else saying it. Yeah. You can't just make a kid start saying cunt and stuff. No, yeah. (laughs) Putting it into his script and his mum in real life's a bit like, hmm. (laughs) Maybe don't teach my kid to say cunt. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um... Uh, what else? Yeah, so we were talking about the Church of the Collective. Like, where's that story going to go now that the head of the Church of the Collective? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like dead. it's already been it's already been crippled before it can go any further. It's a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, because like the Deep's left as well now, by the looks of it. Well, uh, A Train left to rejoin the Seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, Archer guy left. Yeah, well, he was kicked out the same way he was kicking out the deep is just there like oh you're like a toxic personality now like we can't have you yeah um so yeah i I don't know where that's going so that was sort of like set up as so we find out that he was linked to stormfront stormfront used to be a member of the church that was sort of like after Vought left the nazis and all that sort of stuff like they joined the church of the collective until Vought industries was sort of made Mm-hmm. That's what that seemed to be like. They were always playing whichever Stormfront was playing, whichever car- uh, like company was like leading the way at the time. Yeah, so it would have been like after the war and stuff like that, when like church was a big thing in America and stuff like that. Like the church were like always on TV and everything. So like that's where they built up. And then as soon as Vought Industries took over, she went back to Vought. Mm. 
Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with the church now. Is it just done or what? Because the yeah. leader of them's dead. Was it just something to Nobody's tie the deep in a little bit, give him something yeah. to do? Like, it was to try and give him, like, redemption, but nobody wanted him to be redeemed. Like, we wanted him to just sort of sink deeper. Yeah. I don't think no any- pun intended. I don't think even <laughs> anyone in the actual series wanted him to be uh No, redeemed. so it's like, it was just literally like... They could have just not had the deep in this season and then have him return like a season later without doing the whole church of the collective stuff. I don't know. It was a weird weird thing. It was literally just sort of like a MacGuffin for the people to find information out, wasn't it? Yeah, so basically. It's like, uh, I was trying to figure out as well. So when you got the meeting between Stan and the leader of the church, yeah, like as the frescas being brought in, the napkin blows. And I was like, wait, which of the three people in this room have got superpowers? But that was A-Train must have been running past them. To get yeah, into that closet. That's a good point. That's how we got there. Yeah. Ah, interesting. I was trying to figure out I was like which one of these three people have got superpowers which could like control the wind or something like that. Yeah, that's an interesting I was trying point to figure actually. It out. Didn't even yeah. didn't even cross my mind. Uh it was it was something until it wasn't until afterwards I was like, "Oh, that's what that was." Mm. Um yeah, it was just sort of a MacGuffin, wasn't it? Also, I love the fact that on the folders that A-Train gave them, the symbol for the Church of the Collective is so close to the Scientology Church of Scientology <laughs> symbol. Yeah. It's so close. Yeah, it's so close. Um, like, Let's talk about like the closing scenes um, then of uh, the finale. So you get the whole aftermath where you've got Starlight, Queen Maeve, and... Um, well, yeah, it's Starlight and Queen Maeve and, and Homelander, and Homelander yeah. all at the um, the briefing to say that Stormfront has been apprehended and to damage control all that. And it's funny because Vought still don't come out bad because that was directed onto Stormfront, and yeah, it's still they've always got a fall guy for it. Yeah, literally, and it's funny because you've got Starlight and Queen Maeve there, and Homelander just starts to like implode inside of himself when you just see that zoom in on his eyes as he's like giving that briefing and it's like oh man he's really gonna lose it in season three which yeah because he's realized now that he can literally get away with anything and still come off scot-free yeah which is a very interesting thing to set up for season three because of what happens in the comics and i won't say any more than that uh and I'll also just mention that we don't see... Have you gone, like, full spoilers for the entire comics now? I have, yeah. I went on it, Oh, yeah. I didn't think you were going to go that deep. No, okay, yeah. I, I, I want to talk to you about stuff after the episode. And bear in mind, we didn't see any more of Black Noir for this. And I think... So this was... I wanted to talk, like, what are your lingering thoughts at the end of the season, like, leading into season three? Because... Everyone was talking so much about Black Noir, like you were about to say. Like, like Black Noir was like, I think it was just the fan base built it up as such the mystery. But like after like the halfway point of the season, there wasn't really anything mentioned much about him. No, you once see him he get, gets like his Almond allergy Joyed. with Almond Joy, yeah. which I think that was that was actually the second to last episode, wasn't it? Yeah. But like the after the episode in Butcher's Aunt's house. You don't get any more set up towards who he might be. Like, there's no mystery around who he might be. No. So, after that point, I realized it's like, oh, that's going to be a season three thing. Is 
who Black Noir is under the mask. Yeah, I think it's definitely. And I like that they're they're really pacing him slow because he's such a mysterious character. Um, yeah. I like how... I think it was just because yeah. of the community we're all in online about it. I think we all thought it was going to be a big thing this season. Yeah. But that, obviously, no, it wasn't. No. You did, we did see more of him than what we had seen in, past, yeah. in season one, which we, is good. Yeah, it built him up now more uh, like as a threat now. We see him as the threat that he really is. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting to see what, what happens with him if something happens with him in season three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Homelander at the top, uh, jacking off into the city. Uh, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Uh, okay, that was actually shot for season one, but it got cut. Amazon didn't think they would be able to do it, but then obviously they saw the reception for it, so they're like, oh, you can use this shot now. Yeah, which I think it was really well-timed in season... Well, I don't know, maybe... It it would have made so much sense at the end of season one, but it still made sense at the end of this season. Could you imagine if season two finished on that close-up on his eyes, though, and that was it? I thought it was. I thought that was going to be the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. It was the extra twist at the end, wasn't it? Where you had the uh, who who had been blowing up the heads. But if it ended on that scene, that would have been like woof. Like so, now we've got um, yeah, yeah, woof, (laughs) (laughs) just straight up woof. Like, like it was so intense, and like how his own voice was getting droned out and everything. I was like, like you could just see him like cracking and like the cogs turning in his head he was just there like like he was figuring out his plan for season three like he's probably gonna go after butcher hardcore now yeah i don't think we've seen the worst of homelander yet no No. not a chance not Not until he starts to break in the public yeah like because he's always broken in private hasn't he like it'll be the first time that he snaps in front of the public that's when you're like now the shit's gonna happen yeah because at that point he's lost everything that's um that's who he cares about that's all he cares about he cares about his perception yeah well you okay um i was gonna say something yeah victoria newman we'll finish talking about her real quick huey now works for her yeah that's an interesting setup so he's now technically working for vault it's the opposition of vault but it's working for vault and also like you notice so many things that she did throughout the season now like she was in that courtroom and if you watch that scene back now she looks at she needs line of sight she needs to see people to blow the heads up and she looks at everyone that pops yeah oh. even when she get uh, mallory starts to drag her away doesn't she yeah and so the episode starts where um you've got um the guy from supernatural he's playing one of the congressmen i, I can't remember what his name is in the show um, but he says, like, it was really smart of Vought to kill their own people so that they seem innocent. But it was Victoria Newman. She turns around as she's getting dragged away. She turns around and gets one last killing where she kills her chief advisor mm. just to make it look like it's not her. Because, yeah. like he said, with Vought, she killed one of the, her own people. It's interesting because mm, they probably. So smart. She's probably acquired Compound V in a way that the people mustn't know because surely Vought knows who the soups are you know so yeah interestingly she must have got it at a point where well she might have had it all along but Vought have put her in the position to run for congresswoman ah i see yeah so it is an inside job then yeah it's it's the coup that they were talking about all the time 
Like yeah. in episode one, when Raina's head gets blown up, she literally blows up just after saying it's a coup. Like Vought have got an inside man in the government. Mm. So what do you think? Um, what do you think we're going to see in season three then? Uh, Homelander, big bad. Yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. I think we're probably going to see the end of the seven, maybe, because they're already struggling for members now, and like half of them are against Homelander. Do you reckon Soldier Boy comes in to replace Black Noir in the seven? I don't know that arc in the comics, but um, no, I think Soldier Boy would probably if if it's Soldier Boy two that we're getting, um. Not in a flashback of Soldier Boy 1. It'll probably be replacing Stormfront, won't it? So oh, you'll yeah, have Black true. Noir, A-Train, Homelander, Starlight, Maeve, Soldier Boy, and there's a, still an empty space on the team. Hmm. So maybe you would get the Deep back, or you'd get a new superhero in there. Um, I'm not fully clued up with how the comic books end or anything, so I don't know if there's any other members of the seven that could enter. Mm. Interesting. Uh, any more big players or anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon Soldier Boy will either join the seven or it'll be a flashback. Yeah, cool. Sweet. Um, what else do we think is going to happen in season three? Probably we'll get something towards the reveal of Black Noir. More- I think that's the, the building them up. I don't think they're going to leave it hanging too much longer. I don't think that's going to be like a season four thing. Yeah. More head explosions. More head popping is a guarantee. Yeah, <laughs> Victoria Newman's still alive. Um, yeah. Also, we were talking about that scene where he crashes her conference, doesn't he? When we get the dream sequence of him killing everyone, that entire scene, she is just staring at Homelander. And like she is ready to just pop his head if he starts to step out of line. Like it, if he started to laser people, she would have killed him. Woof. So fucking interesting. Now going back to the season and seeing like all the little bits throughout. Yeah. Uh, do want to? Do we want to talk about like Stormfront? Like in that last episode and going forward, how she just tried to full on recruit Ryan to be fucking <laughs> Hitler Youth. Yeah, she actually, yeah, actually did. <laughs> it like was, she yeah. says, like they're in danger of white genocide. People that look different from them are killing them because they look different. I was like, woof. Yeah, literally that topic when that got introduced, I was like, where are you going, Amazon? Where are you going with this? Because that's really dark. But I thought she was going to make it out and be the big villain of season three. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she was just a big villain of season two, really. Yeah, but I, like, it was a little bit understated how much of a villain she was. Like, I thought like we were gonna get like a Stormfront versus Homelander fight in season three, mm. like because you see in that moment when she says that to Ryan, he's like, "Whoa, what the fuck are you saying right now? Like, are you actually trying to make my kid into a Nazi type thing? Like, because he does stand for like America. He wears." like, the stars and stripes on his cape and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he still has a perception to put out, and you saw as soon as, like, Stormfront was revealed to be a Nazi, like, how the media and how everyone just turned against her instantly. If she had been able to turn Ryan, then he would have been like, no, 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 this is a no-go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, uh... I'm, I'm really, like, this... This series just continues to surprise me. It's yeah, although it feels like not 
weirdly enough, it feels like not every everyone is talking about it for some reason. But so we we got figures as well. This is now this uh, season two of The Boys got better viewing records than most of the big Netflix shows now. Oh, okay, which is good. Like it's finally like getting a lot of viewership. It's finally getting Amazon Prime kind of like it's knocking. Uh, Netflix down a peg almost. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Well, good because like, <laughs> it needs. Yeah, it, does. But it is a really good, really good um, series. Yeah, it's getting the recognition it deserves finally. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think in our circles, everyone's talking about it, but in like the main, like, like yeah, it's not on a talk show or anything. It's not like like all the Netflix shows like you'll see on everything, every billboard and everything. Whereas this, you you're not seeing as much of it around in like mainstream media. It's just like in the closed community of boys fans and online media like it's massive on youtube and stuff everyone's talking about the boys yeah yeah it's a really really good series um i think we've kind of spoke about everything to speak about with it i think we've wrapped up yeah right yeah um yeah we spoke about what we thought was gonna happen next season so what do you guys think is gonna happen next season like let us know in the comic books uh, in the comic books in the comment section um let us know Maybe what aspects from the comic books are going to come in? Um, what other soups you could see introduced now? Because we have got a spare slot on the seven, uh, unless I'm just misremembering people. Um, yeah, what do you want? What do you want to happen next season? Like balls to the wall, even if it's like nothing to do with the comic books, like out of left field. What do you want to see? Very cool. Um, yeah, that, that's it, right? Yeah, cool. That is it. That was my final question to the audience. That's it. So, yeah, make sure you check us out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GetRealPod. Um, And then you can send us an email, GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. Make sure you share us with a couple of friends. Uh, Come hit us up. Let us know what you want us to cover. Uh, We're about to hit, I think, a bit of a weird dry spell of releases because some of the things we were going to talk about have now been delayed, I believe. So we might have to go to the drawing board and have a little thing, but no doubt there'll be some some content coming into your ears next week. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not going to miss an episode. It just might not be something hot and fresh out of the kitchen. It'll be something hot and fresh out of our imaginations. Yeah, exactly right. Cool. Uh, Chris, how can people support the podcast? Best way to support the podcast, leave us a rate and review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Just keep driving up our numbers. Like Sam said, share us out with everyone. Go on Podchaser because that'll syndicate your review to every streaming service that allows reviews uh that is literally the best way just keep sharing us around to people we are noticing growth we are noticing consistent listenerships and stuff so you consistent listeners we love you but share us with more people yeah for sure right uh that wraps us up for this week and we will catch you next time see you bye